Hey friends, before we start the show, I want to invite you to check out my brand new free training all about how you can start your own freelance business from home. In this completely free one hour training, I am going to share with you exactly how I was able to leave my full-time teaching job and replace my income by freelancing and how you can do the same thing too. We're going to talk about how you can find skills that you already have and what services you can offer, as well as what you need to actually get started today. So you can go check out my brand new free training. It's my gift to you at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. And we will link that up in the show notes for you. All right, now let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Hey there, friends. I am just beaming ear to ear right now because I am so excited for you to hear this podcast interview that I did with Crystal Profit. You are going to fall in love with her just like I did. I could have sat and talked with Crystal for hours. We actually did a podcast swap. So when you're done listening with this podcast, definitely go check out Crystal's podcast. It's called The Profit Podcast and go listen to the topic that we talked about over there, which is TikTok. (laughs) Dare I say one of my favorite topics to talk about these days, but It just was like a breath of fresh air talking to Crystal and she's so down to earth. She's so generous with the information that she shares. And today we're going to dive into the topic of content creation. So really not just being a consumer of content. Obviously we are in a world where you can consume content from all different places and you know online and on your phone and in your earbuds but actually being the one that kind of grabs the bull by the horns and starts to put content out into the world and I think it's a really important step for you to take as a freelancer as a business owner so you can really claim your stake in the online space as someone who has authority and who knows what they're doing because that's what you do as a freelancer. So I'm so excited for you to hear this interview with Crystal. You're going to love it. You're going to love her. You're going to fall in love with her and you're just going to be hanging on her every word. So let's go ahead and dive on into the show and meet Crystal. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Drum roll, please. It is official. You have been asking for it, and now the doors are open to the CEO Society Mastermind. You've been listening to my podcast for quite some time now, so let me see if I've got this right. You're at a point in your business where you know that you can't keep going at the pace you're going and that something needs to change. You know you're ready to up-level your business with both income and strategy, but fear and doubt and overwhelm are holding you back from taking those next steps. You're ready to know exactly what you need to do in order to hit those five, seven, even 10K months without working all the hours. Listen, I've been there and I know that there is a better way to build your business because I've come out on the other side and I wanna show you how, which is exactly why I created this mastermind. How would it feel to easily create more profit and more impact with less hustle? How would it feel to create solid systems to set your business up for consistent growth? 
and how would it feel to finally stop Googling all the things and to have a place to come to with your questions and to get those questions answered? How would it feel to finally have clarity on where your business is headed so that you can stop spinning your wheels? And most importantly, how would it feel to not only have the next six months and beyond completely mapped out with the roadmap on how to get there, but also having the support of a community who is cheering you on and holding you accountable. The right guidance, strategy, and community can compress years into months and even into weeks. And this mastermind is how you're going to reach that next level. Being a part of a mastermind has 10x my business growth, success, and my confidence. And I knew that I had to bring this type of container to my community. We both know you don't need another $99 course. It's time for you to have your business breakthrough. To apply to be a part of this exclusive mastermind, simply head to aubreymalik.com forward slash CEO Society Mastermind. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash CEO Society Mastermind. You don't want to miss this because we officially kick off in August. And once we are full, we will shut down the doors and we won't open again until 2023. So just head to aubreymalik.com forward slash CEO Society Mastermind to apply. And I can't wait to work with you on your one-on-one session to map out your next six months. Hey there, Crystal. I am so, so, so excited to welcome you to the podcast today because we are fresh off the heels of recording a podcast on your podcast, which I'm so excited to do the swap. So just welcome. And I can't wait to dive into our conversation today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Aubrey. Yeah, this is a lot of fun to geek out with other people that get excited about content creation. It's always so much fun for me. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, before we get into all the juicy stuff with content creation, let's just kind of rewind. Let I want to give you a chance to let my audience know who you are, how you got to where you are today and you know what you're up to. So give us the backstory here. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so funny when you get this question, because it's always like, okay, how far back do we really (laughs) want to take people? But I will start kind of probably where a lot of your listeners are. And we're going to talk about babies for a second, because I found myself having, I had two children whenever I was in corporate And at that time, I mean, I had to drop off our middle son. I have three boys now, but I had to drop off our middle son at daycare when he was six weeks old. And it just was gut-wrenching. It was Mm heart-wrenching and it was just so hard for me to do. And so, um, and I continued to work at corporate for about another year and a half before we moved. I live in Texas and my husband's job has kind of taken us all over Texas. And at one point we made one move and I told him, I was like, I don't, I don't want to work anymore. Like I really, I just, I want to stay at home. I'm going to look for a way to make money from home, but I just, I can't do this anymore. And we had moved to a pretty city. We were in the Dallas Fort Worth area and we moved to a pretty rural, like there was nothing there. It was close to my hometown. I'm like, there is literally nothing out here. And the jobs that I could get that were there we're easily fifteen to twenty thousand dollars less in pay, and I'm like, it's just not even worth me working and sending kids to daycare. So that's when I decided to stay at home, and I explored 
kind of writing and blogging and always tell people I was a really bad blogger. <laughs> That's <laughs> just for the record. We, we just we need to say that out loud. I was a really bad blogger. And I, but that was when I got introduced to the world of content creation and how it works. And, you know, you have to have a website, you have to have an email list and there's, you know, you have social media and all these different things that were so foreign to me. And then this was roughly around 2015, 2016, which is when we welcomed our third son. And so I kind of have this, like, I guess, love-hate relationship with having an online business because I love the fact that it gives me the ability to work from home and do all the amazing things. But also the hate part of it comes with, there's a lot of lessons you have to learn that even if someone tells you and all the courses and all the different things, you just have to sit in the sucky moments of, falling on your face or going live for the first time and nobody shows up or <laughs> recording a podcast episode by yourself in a room and it feels super, super awkward. So that's really where my journey has started from. And it's kind of transitioned into me being a podcast coach and a content strategist over the years. But yeah, there was definitely some ups and downs that we can talk about. <laughs> Um, I love it. And I love that you're a boy mom too. I've, I've, I've got the two and I don't know if I mentioned this to you when we were recording um, the other podcast, but I'm, were you in that place? Of, Cause I'm, I'm like, I'm content with two. Like I let I me, mean, obviously I love my boys, but my husband and I have always been like, Oh, you know, maybe we go for a third to have a girl. Were you in that thing too? Like where it was like the third one, it was like a, you're kind of not, obviously not, you have well, hoping for a healthy baby, but I, that's like the, I'm in that predicament right now where it's like, if we go for a third, are we going to get another boy? Oh, no. Like people still ask me to this day. So I'm 35 when we're recording this. And I still get questions that people are like, well, you could still try. You could still try for a little girl. And I'm like, y'all, I am too old at this point to where <laughs> I would have twins. Because I always say like this, and I have twins in my family <laughs> that are like my distant cousins or twins. And I don't even know if it's on like the genetic, like right side that it would be passed on. But I'm like, we're done. We are so done with having kids because it scares me to death that we would get pregnant and I would have like 17 kids trying to come out of there at once. So I'm like, no, 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 we're done. But yes, that is one thing. It's funny because I am, I have this agreement with God. I made this, this pact a long time ago. I was like, all right, if you're not going to give me boys or girls right now, hopefully you're going to give me grand granddaughters. So that's what mm -hmm. I'm banking on at this point. Aww, I'm just going to have I a lot that. of grandbabies that I can spoil and send home and I don't have to I'm deal with their drama. <laughs> I love that too. It's so funny because um, when I, I remember going to like my post-op, not post-op, my post-appointment, like my postpartum appointment from having my second son and I was talking to my midwife and she was like, you know, are more kids in the future? I'm like, we just got through the second one. Like, yeah. let's give ourselves a break. But she, I was like, I don't know. I was like, if we would have had a boy and a girl, we probably would have been done, but we might, you know, we'll see down the road. And she's like, well, if you do, if you do go for a third and you have another boy, there's like a lot of statistics that show like three in a row of the same gender. Chances are like the fourth one would probably be the same gender too. Um, so that's one thing. And then when you were, I was just laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, we are so one and the same because I have twins on my family. My mom is actually a twin and her 
twin brother, she's a fraternal twin, has twins as well. And oh so that's the other thing that I'm like thinking up in my head. I'm like, we're going to go for a third to like have our little end cap here and it's going to end up being twins. So it's yeah. the constant debate in my house. Yeah. And it would probably be twin boys too. Like that's right. what would happen. Like this, and this is why I'm like, nope, we're too, we're done. But yes, I think it's that you know, it, it's, it's kind of the same when it comes to your business and the content and like all the things is like, you just have some control over some things and absolutely no control over everything else. And so whenever I think about how my family plays into what I do today, like, cause I have two older brothers. So I was born to be a boy mom, much in the same way that I feel like I was born to create content. And this is, I know this sounds like a weird segue, but it totally, I think back to, and like I said earlier, I was like, I never know where to start my like origin story from, but what it really all goes back to, if you look back at my childhood, what I love to do, I was an entertainer from a very early age. Like I was a cheerleader starting at the age of four. I love to talk and I love to just not really so much be in the spotlight, like as much as like being an actress or being on stage, doing all those things. I just really love the idea of shouting and being really (laughs) loud. Like this is just my personality of who I am. So for anybody that's listening right now and you're just like, well, you know, well, you know, Aubrey is just super confident what she does. She does all these amazing things on TikTok and I love watching all the cool things that she does. But I have to imagine that there's some things in your personality that just make it easier for you to show up in the way that you do. I think about, you know, back to our conversation we had on my show about you being a teacher and you having just certain skills that you had from being a teacher and an educator and learning how to communicate with other people and translating that into what you're doing today. And I think that we all have to look at our lives that way and look at the overlaps of how we can bring things into our business or into our content. And that's really how you're able to stand out among all the other people that are out there. I love the little segue too. And um, I have a question for you, but I just wanted to make another note. I'm just over here just smiling because I'm like thinking when you were like, I was a performer when I was younger. Like I didn't even think to like think back further too, like to think back. Cause I think in our childhood too, is when we're at our like most fearless state. Like we don't have all these preconceived notions of like what, you know, like thinking about what are people going to like judge us? Like we just go out there and like, I remember like I would put on shows with my cousins for my family. Um, and it was so funny because I think it, this actually sparked like the little entrepreneur in me. Uh, but I remember I was doing this and my one uncle who didn't live here, they would only visit like at Christmas time, we would put on these shows and he's like, you know, like you should be you like this should be like a legitimate thing like you should be asking people for tips and to pay to see your show so he started it and he like passed around a hat and he's like come on these girls aren't putting on this show for free for you this is entertainment and stuff like that and so but I was like thinking back I'm like oh my gosh like my almost content creation story started way back when too so I'm I'm glad that you brought that up and maybe anybody listening can kind of think back to like when you were a child too because like obviously now like as you know I do think that there's some things in our personality that probably help us to be a little bit more open to putting ourselves out there and creating that content too. But even thinking back to your childhood, because, you know, we didn't, we didn't have all these, these outside factors weighing in on us and thinking like, oh my gosh, are people going to judge me? And what are they going to say if I do this? And what if I put this online? And what if I, you know, post about this or anything like that? So 
segueing into my first really question about content creation is can we just like break it down for anybody who might be like new to what even is content creation? What does that mean? If, if you're hearing that for the first time, how would you kind of sum that up for people? Yeah. I mean, and I think, well, first of all, I want to go back to what you were saying about <laughs> uncles because uncles are the unsung heroes. Cause I had an uncle that would say the same thing that was just like, I was like, he would catch me. I was like doing a cheer in the mirror one time. And he was like, are you okay? Like, are you, are you okay? Cause I was like, you know, serious face. And then I'd like smile and then like get real serious face and then like clap. And, and he was like, no, seriously, are you okay? Like, is something wrong with you? Like, why are you doing this cheer over and over again? So that just, that memory <laughs> popped into my head as soon as you said uncle. I'm like, uncles are the unsung heroes and encouragers out there. So yes, I love it. I yeah. to acknowledge that. <laughs> but back to your question about content marketing. So for anybody that is listening, I bet you, you are a consumer of content marketing. If you are looking at stuff on Instagram, if you're watching things on TikTok, if you're reading emails, you're watching YouTube, listening to this podcast, this is content. And so I think people get a little nervous to either admit that they don't know what content marketing is or that they don't understand it, but it is like you are already a consumer of people putting content out online. Even if you think about back in the day of whenever it was just blog posts and blog articles that were written even by the big newspapers or you know when things started kind of transitioning online, that was really the origins of content marketing in the online space. And so I encourage anyone to not get so boxy. I think people get, they just want to shove the content into a box and say, this is the only way that you can think about it. And I do not think about any of my content that way. I believe that you have to be pretty fluid with how, again, going back to your personality, how we all show up, because there's going to be people that love to create podcasts and love to create YouTube but hate to get on TikTok and hate to write emails. So I want you to think about content marketing as something that's not just one way of creating content, but you need to choose the way that is going to work best for you in your business and what you're trying to accomplish. So does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And then I'm starting to think, okay, like, it is, it is hard to like kind of do that. Cause then you're, you're being the creator of it, right? Like it's so easy to be the consumer and it's so easy to get trapped into that. But you know, you hear it all the time. Like you don't want to consume more than you actually create, especially if you're trying to claim your stake in the online space as somebody who, you know, has something to offer to the world. So for those people who are listening, who are kind of like just getting started, they want to dip their toes in it. Is there a way that is kind of like an, an easy way to get into the world of creating content. Like I know some people might be thinking, oh my gosh, like I don't even have a website yet. Like I couldn't do blog posts or I don't even have the camera equipment to do something like YouTube. Is there one way that people like to lean into that's an easier way to just get started with creating content so they're at least putting something out into the world? Yeah. And this is going to be a really boring answer, but it's what I would recommend to anybody that's even thinking about doing anything in the online business space. And that is to just be a researcher and a fly on the wall to the people who are already doing the thing that you believe you want to do. Even if it doesn't pan out in the end and you're like, well, I started following this one person, but then I was like, oh, that's really hard. I don't want to do it that way. 
just fine. I would recommend probably three to five people in different areas of the online space that you're like that, that is what I want to do. Whether it is someone that shows up fearlessly on TikTok or has the best Instagram reels or someone that you're just like, gosh, their podcast always gets me like fired up and I get so excited. Or you watch someone's YouTube channel. And I mean, I'm saying all these things out loud and I'm imagining a specific person every time I'm saying these things, because this is what I did for a long time. I think that it is overrated for you to sit down and consume someone's content with purpose, but it is an absolute great way to spend your time because you can't start really creating content until you know what you're trying to create. And, um, I don't think that you should copy people, obviously, and I don't think that you should just say, okay, I'm going to do exactly what this one person did and follow them to the T and do like be their little, you know, replica and carbon copy. I, I don't think that anybody should do that, but I did this whenever I was first getting started. I was listening to multiple different types of podcasts and I would say, oh, I really like the way they do this in this one show. Or I would point out, I really hate when she breaks to a commercial right at this one point. And so I kind of just was an observer of all different types of content before I sat down to start my own because I knew what I wanted and what I didn't like as a consumer. And that helped guide the decisions that I needed to make around, well, if I'm going to do a podcast, how long does it need to be? And should it be an interview or a solo? And how, when do I want to publish? And all of those decisions are just a lot easier when you have this frame of reference by consuming other people's content. It's, it's so true. And it's good to put yourself in that position too. It was something I was thinking about. And I'm sure that all of us can relate to this too. Like we probably have all gotten those messages in our inbox or Facebook messenger, like the Hey girl messages. And it probably rubbed all of us the wrong way. Like it didn't feel super like genuine or that they actually cared about us. So like taking, I love how you said, like taking note of like what stands out to you in a good way. And also like what doesn't stand out to you. Like if something is rubbing you the wrong way, is that even if maybe that person is having so much success, like, is that really what you want to be doing too? So kind of, I like how you're saying, like, start to research and figure out like what stands out to you, um, what doesn't stand out to you and different things like that. Now I know the next question somebody's going to ask when you're saying, you know, where do you like to consume content and figure out what works for you? I know the next question somebody's going to say is like, okay, I figured out like, this is where I want to start creating content, whatever avenue that is, but what actually do I put out there? So do you have any tips or strategy for figuring out like those content pillars or what different buckets people should be pulling from so that they can have ideas of actually, you know, like it's easy to kind of put out those first couple posts or videos or whatever it is, but then it's like, I've ran, I've run out of ideas. Now, how do I keep having that like bank to pull from. Well, and it's funny because, you know, you and I were kind of talking before we started recording about how we could best show up and really serve all the listeners that are going to take in this content today. And you were saying specifically that, you know, in the freelancer journey, and I, it was the same thing for me. So this is absolutely a universal truth for anybody that starts creating content, excuse me, 
but you go through this phase of, okay, I'm going to try this thing out, or these are the type of people I think I want to serve. So whether someone decides that they want to be a virtual assistant in the podcast community, they're like, I think I want to help people with show notes. And then they start doing it and they're like, I really hate doing show notes, but I really found that I like to do podcast editing was a lot easier for me. So I'm going to go on that route. And that's really where I'm going to put my stake in the ground in my business. Y'all, it's all experimental. When you first get started, you just have to start putting stuff out there. And what I always recommend, and specifically for your audience, is what are those first questions people are going to have before they even realize they need someone like you, like before they realize they need your services. So here's an example. And I've actually worked with several project managers and I would recommend, I had someone that would worked with, um, she was a specialist in Kajabi and this is my course platform that I use. And she was saying, oh, you know, uh, did you know that you can save time when you're working in creating these landing pages in Kajabi if you do X, Y, and Z? And I was like, what? No, I didn't know you could do that. And, you know, this was a YouTube video and I was watching that. And then I kind of went down a rabbit hole of the rest of her YouTube content just based on all of these really simple tips. And I say they're simple because now I've been working in Kajabi for a while and I realized, oh yeah, like that was very, it's a very basic skill once you get in there. But for someone that doesn't know Kajabi at all or realizes, I don't want to do any of that stuff. I want to hire someone else to do it. Like you're, do, you're doing a lot of things. One, you're serving out free content to potential clients that can decide, oh, I really like the way Aubrey operates, or I like the way that she talks, or I like that she's always like has this style about her that feels very friendly and open, and she's giving just a lot of really valuable information. So that's one, you're making that connection with potential clients. But two, you're also educating them on the things that they don't even know that they need to know or the blind spots that you as the expert and what you're doing can really highlight like, hey, by the way, if you didn't know this was a problem, like just a heads up, this is something that's going to be, you're going to have to face this if you decide to work, you know, in this platform or whatever. So I think that it's really important when you start thinking about content, you think about what are those questions that a potential customer would have before they ever start working with you. And that's where you need to start. And then as you get going, maybe you come up with 10 questions. So maybe that's 10 podcast episodes or 10 YouTube videos. Then once you get those first initial pieces of content up, you can look back and say, well, did I enjoy creating those? Were they helpful? Did I get good feedback? Did someone DM me and say, oh, that was so amazing. We want more stuff like this. Or did it have a lot of podcast downloads? Or did it have a lot of YouTube views? Like you can start measuring analytics and looking at stats once you start putting the content out there. But the first and the hardest part is just to rip off the Band-Aid and hit publish on that very first piece of content. Yes. So many, I'm like, I'm over here writing down things that I want to like make sure that I touch <laughs> on because it was like, there are so many good things. So the first thing that I was thinking about too, is sometimes like even that tip that you got on, on Kajabi, I think sometimes we get so in our head because the things for us that come naturally to us, 
we often assume that, well, this is so simple to me, it must be simple to everybody else. But sometimes it's, there's little, there's gold in that stuff that is simple and you could be opening the eyes to somebody else and being like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Like she must have more. She must, you know, like she must have a full bank of knowledge of things. So that was like the one thing. I love the idea about the 10 questions. That is perfect. And then the other, the last little piece that you ended on was just getting started. Like I look back on any of the content that I've created in the last three and a half years of being in business. Like I was actually, it was so funny today. I had to go drop drop my dog off at the groomers and I was scrolling back through my Instagram because I had a picture of my dog on my Instagram from many years ago when she had like the perfect haircut. And so I had to scroll all the way back through to find that perfect hair because I don't have it saved on my phone anymore. And I'm looking, as I'm scrolling back through, I'm looking at like the posts that I started posting, like when I was first getting started. And I'm like, you know, now I look back at it and I like cringe, cringe a little bit, but it's like, it was cringy, wasn't it? (laughs) Right. But you, but to get past that moment, you actually have to start like to get past the like cringy moment. Oh my gosh, this is hard. And like, now I look at my post and I'm like, wow, like the stuff that I have now, it's, it's a lot more polished. Like it feels more me, but you have to work through those beginning stages. You have to be willing to have that day one in order to get to the point. Cause you might look at somebody else's page right now and be like, oh my gosh, like I could never have content that looks like hers, or I could never have this or that because, oh my gosh, hers is so great. But she probably didn't start out that way. She, if you probably scroll back, it would be very different than what it is now, but it's because over time she's evolved and she's figured out a better way to do it. Or she's figured out what is her brand and her style that really speaks to her too. So I just love that you said that too, because I think that's, that's really the hardest part is it's never going to get to a place where you, you know, like super love it until you just get started. Right. And I've, I've been in this, like, I guess, industry or this content creation space, because like I said earlier, I was kind of blogging for a while and I didn't really consider myself like as an online business. And I really got started in the coaching content strategy about three years ago as well. But I've heard the statistic, um, from podcasters and YouTubers that you have to create. And I think for YouTube specifically is around a hundred videos before you can really make that decision of this is my style or Mm -hmm. this is how I like doing it. And for podcasters, I would say that number's a lot smaller. I would say it's probably around 20 episodes because I have people come to me at like the three month mark and realize I picked the wrong title of my podcast. Mm-hmm. Like it should actually be this, or I picked the wrong topics that I want to talk about. Like they just needed to feel comfortable in the medium that they were using to get their message out, which is, you know, recording a podcast, getting comfortable behind the mic and understanding how podcast hosting works. Like all those things that seem really scary up front, they just needed to rip that bandaid off, get in there, get their hands dirty and start creating. And then they kind of peek out and say, oh, actually I've been talking to this really broad audience, but I want to narrow down down to speaking to this specific business owner or this specific niche. And you cannot do that until you start creating content. And I'm a perfect example of this. Aubrey, I don't know if we talked about it, but I rebranded my podcast. I did my show for about 10 months before I was like, I don't really like what I'm doing anymore. I don't, I don't like this. I loved podcasting, but I didn't like the name of my show. I didn't like my topic. I didn't like what I was doing. I was more interested in doing something else. And so I switched and I rebranded. And ever since then, I'm like, yes, this is my zone of genius. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. 
But had I not got started back in 2018 and publishing regular content, I would have never stumbled into what I'm doing today. Yeah, I, I I wrote it down before you said it. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that she's going there too. Because like, I think one of the things that holds a lot of people up when it comes to putting themselves out there, creating any type of content is feeling like it has to be perfect. My first mm. go around, like I have to have everything figured out. I have to know exactly, you know, it has to be the end all be all. And I see it so many times, even when women are just getting started, like they have to have the perfect name and the perfect colors. And it's like, your business is allowed to change. So I just want you to like give my listeners, cause I say it all the time, but sometimes it feels good to hear it from somebody else. So can you give my listeners the permission slip that you can at any point in time switch up what you're doing, switch up your content, switch up your strategy, switch up the medium that you're using to deliver your content. Can you just <laughs> reiterate that for my 100%, audience? hundred percent. A hundred. I mean, y'all, I've been doing this for three years now. I'm in the process of, I've been making a switch in the last two months. I actually, okay. So here's like, y'all are getting the real scoop here. I had a launch in January that did not go the way I expected it to go. I had been working on this program. It was really hyper-specific on a certain subset of my audience that was for podcasters that had been doing it for a while. I had a huge, it was a flop. It was the biggest flop that I had. I had been working on this launch for a long, like I ended up refunding everybody's money. Like it was, it was, a, it was a sob story. It's still like an open wound a little bit. It's getting, a, it's healing. But, uh, but ever since that happened, I realized that was the moment that I'm like, I need to broaden my audience to not just speak to podcasters, but to content creators and be a content strategist, just no longer a podcast coach. So I'm living through do, having another evolution of my business right now. And that's because I'm paying attention to one, what lights me up, two, what my audience is asking me for, and three, just paying attention to what's really working in the market right now. So, I mean, you have to go where your audience is asked, because this is what happened. Like I could go into, oh, this email sequence didn't work or my sales page could have been better. But bottom line, I launched a product that no one was asking me for. That's mm -hmm. really the downfall of this launch. I was like, I know my audience needs this thing. They didn't need it. They weren't asking for it. But now that I've like changed and I've said, oh, I'm helping people create content with confidence, things have been happening in the last few months that would have never happened had I not made this slight pivot and switch. So yes, permission granted, you do not have to be perfect. You just have to get started and understand that there will be evolutions. You will get better. That's another thing that I hear every YouTuber, every podcaster, even every copywriter that I run into who writes email, like they their thing is email marketing. They're like, it is an evolution constantly because things change in the market. Mm -hmm. I mean- podcasting is so much easier today than it was like to get started and get up and running than it was whenever I got started over four years ago. There's different platforms and options and hosting requirements, like all these different things. And it's just a constant evolution. So don't get so bogged down in believing that things have to be perfect because they'll never be there. They will mm -hmm. never, ever be there. You just have to get started. 
Absolutely. And there's a little piece of nugget in what you just shared. And I love that you kind of let us peek behind the curtains with you too, because it's so easy to get caught up in the quote unquote failures, right? That, oh, this, this launch didn't work or, oh, I put this offer out there and nobody, you know, nobody bid on it or whatever it is. But there there's, I'm sure that you're looking back on it and being like, well, that didn't go the way that I wanted it to go there's lessons in those, like I, I'm like doing air quotes here. Like there's lessons in those, those things that I view as failures that are now setting you up for, you know, what's the next thing that's going to be for you. And it, it is a lot of times it's putting things out there. I was just having a conversation today with some of the ladies I'm in a mastermind with, and I was talking through, I'm, I'm getting gearing up for a new launch too, and talking through some of the like logistical things and how I'm going to put this out there and what's the best way to do this. And, you know, sometimes you just have to like put it out there and then you can always like rework it. Like if this doesn't land, okay, why didn't it? And looking for those things as opposed to using that as an opportunity to beat yourself up and be like, well, I must be, you know, entrepreneurship isn't for me. And I just got to throw my hands up. Like instead of viewing it from that angle, finding the lessons and doing the reflection, reflective work to figure out how can I launch this again or launch it in a different way, or maybe even changing up the title or the tagline or whatever it is to make sure that it really does speak to my audience. And, and you don't, you don't know that without actually like, it all goes back to like, not, not being afraid to put yourself out there and to have that day one or to have that first time posting something online because you never know until you actually just get started. And then you can learn along the way as you go to make it even better for the next time you do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you said something about, you know, connecting with your audience and like really serving them. And it triggered something in me that I wish I would have done more in the very beginning. So if anybody's listening, or even if you have been creating content for a little while, I highly, highly encourage you to set some time aside in your calendar. Like look at, you know, there's 12 months in a year, set aside time at least once a quarter to do some audience engagement, whether it's sending out an email that has a survey that asks, what do you want from me? And mm-hmm. I know that sounds like one of those, like, what do you want from me? Like, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm picturing the notebook right now. I don't know. Ryan Gosling just popped in my head. Like, I'm picturing the, um, what's his name? The Adam, uh, Adam Lambert song. What do you want from me? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, what do you like? How can I serve you? Because that information as a marketer and as someone who's running a business is priceless. And I do this all the time in little subtle ways and like little Instagram stories where I say, vote on this and this. Like, what do you want me to talk about next? This thing or this thing, A or B? And I'll do it in formal surveys, like a Google form that I send out to my audience. But this information and this little practice of feeling comfortable talking to people in this way, asking for that feedback will help you get more ideas for content creation, but will also give you like, it's a signal that you're on the right track or you're not like, it's very Mm -hmm. black and white. Like, okay, yes, this, the things that I've been talking about are still resonating. So we should continue on this path or people respond back to you and they're like, we don't care anything about what you're talking about right now. You have two <laughs> options. You can get a new audience or you can start talking about the things that they actually want to hear from you. So start surveying your audience and getting comfortable asking for that feedback, whether it's you saying on a podcast, hey, send me a DM if you have questions about this or writing in a weekly email, you know, hit reply and let me know something else that you want me to cover on the podcast. Like there's a lot of different marketing techniques that you can 
really used to your advantage, but just feeling comfortable that that's part of the process to help you get better serving your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have two questions that I want to ask, but I'm I'm going to start with one, and then we'll we'll go to the the other way. But really, um, I really want to touch on like how because I know for a lot of people they're just thinking like, well, I just got to get paying clients and everything like that. But how does actually creating the content really help a freelancer to position themselves as the authority to kind of boost that authority and let people know like, this is what I know how to do. Can you touch on that to maybe give anybody like a little vote of confidence to get started with doing this? Yeah. I'm actually going to approach this in a way that is not, that doesn't even have anything to do with you creating content, but has everything to do with you appearing in content. And that is, and I've seen this done really well. I have multiple people that have been on my podcast that later I have realized I need to hire them and Mm -hmm. I need to refer other people to them. So if you're right now scared about creating your own content, ask how can I like dip my toe into this world of either podcasting or YouTube and be a guest in someone else's content? Because I've had Mm. people that we have full conversations just like what you and I are doing today, Aubrey. And then at the end they say, Hey, you know, if you're interested in my services, like I'd love for us to stay connected or they offer me a discount or they invite me to be on their podcast. Like I, I see this a lot and I think it's a fantastic strategy because one, I'm always looking for great people to have on my show. I'm always looking to interview experts that can bring something different to my content. So I highly encourage you to look at, well, if I think I want to start a podcast, maybe I should go guest on someone else's show first and highlight what I do and how I can serve them before I really go head first and plunge into creating my own content. But also it starts to build your network. And mm-hmm. with content creation, I think networking is so undervalued because people think like, well, you're just, you know, it's, we're not talking about networking on a zoom call where you, there's 700 people in the room and you don't know who anybody is. But I I think that the, you know, here's Aubrey and I, we've talked now for over an hour between our two conversations. And I feel like I know her better. And if somebody comes to me and says, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a freelance operation. I'm like, go talk to Aubrey. I don't know anything about that stuff. Go talk to her. She's got a podcast. She's got, go to her website, go check her out. And that is the power of the deep conversations you can have in content creation. So that's what I would recommend for somebody that wants to dip their toes in, start guesting in other people's content. That way you can see, oh, I loved podcasting or that was a terrible experience. I never want to do that again. Well, then now you know that you Mm -hmm. shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, I started that. I was like, network, network, network. Like that is one of the biggest driving forces in my business. And I think sometimes we can get caught up into not... I'm what I'm trying to say, I'm trying to say this in like a nice way, but we can get caught up in the, well, what's in it for me type thing. Like, well, why would I go, you know, why would I support somebody? Or like, it's, it's, I think it's easy for, you know, podcast hosts to be be like, you know, this is my podcast and I don't want to share my space with anybody else. But when you open yourself up to not view it from that angle and view of like, how can I just meet more people and grow my network? And you never know like what could come from that too. And I think in like when, even when I was just getting started as a freelancer, that's one thing that I like to tell my community is like, don't, 
Obviously, you want to build connections with potential people who could be your clients, but don't be afraid to tap into the network of people who are also in the same space that you're in. So into other freelancers, because that's a really great way to make connections. And if they have somebody who comes to them looking for something, and even if you have similar services, you might be at a point where you're booked out. And if you have a friend who offers the same thing, like how wonderful would it be for you to bless them with that opportunity, with that referral? So um, I think it's too about like just shifting even like what what networking is and what that looks like and not coming it from the angle of like, well, what am I going to get out of doing this? Or, right. you know, like it's e- easy to go into a podcast guesting thing and be like, oh, like I'm expecting or hoping, I guess, to get so many clients out of this. Like just going into it with I have knowledge that I want to share with people and I want to bless this audience with it. And if something happens from it, great. If not, okay, like, you know, I did my good deed for the day type thing. But yeah, networking is so, so huge. Yeah. And the other thing that I want to add to, because I'm like, I was like, I hope I answer her her whole question. But I want to add back to those of you that are thinking about creating content. You're like, I'm already doing 17 other things. I'm trying to make money in my business. You have to think about content marketing and content creation as a long-term strategy. So I believe that the way we should think about it is like, it's just, you're laying the bricks. You're laying the foundation for what your business will be in the next 10 to 12 months, in the next two to five years. And you will have these points of reference where you can say, oh, okay, I landed on Aubrey's page. Someone told me I should go check her out. And if I see Aubrey and somebody else and they do very similar things, if I see well, Aubrey has a podcast or she's a YouTube channel. I can actually go learn from her before I sign up for her program and I can decide, oh, this is who I actually want to hire or this is who I want to take a course from. There's this, and the other person has nothing. I'm not going to feel a connection with them. Even if I follow Mm -hmm. them on Instagram, even if I follow them somewhere else, there's something about that long form piece of content that gets deeper into our subconscious of being able to decide, I really want to work with that person or maybe you don't. Maybe you don't like the sound of their voice. There's people that are podcasters that I can't stand the sound of their voice (laughs) and it's nothing against them personally. I'm just like, I can't listen to you for a long period of time and that is okay. You need to know that up front. If you're like, I would not be able to listen to hours and hours of your video content if I bought your course, it would drive me bananas. So I think that that's another thing is you have to think about the long-term strategy of content marketing and what it can do for your business in the future, not just right here in the immediate now. Mm -hmm. It's so true. It's one of those things where you have to put the work in knowing that you might not see the results for months on end. Like it's, you know, like I'm not going and doing podcast guesting. I mean, obviously like I'm growing my visibility, but I'm not going into it thinking that as soon as that podcast episode airs, like I'm going to get this, like it takes time. It might take time for them to hear me and be like, oh, I might want to go check out her podcast and then go see what else she has to offer. But the other thing I was thinking too, is this difference when we start putting out content the difference between the paid stuff that we, or the free stuff that we put put out versus the paid stuff. So I'm thinking for like the freelancer who's listening, you know, they're, they're maybe posting tips and tricks and different things like that. Differentiating between what do I give away for free versus what do I keep behind the closed door of my paid thing? So do you have any uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that it's going to be different for everybody depending on which industry that you're in because 
Like for me, for example, on my podcast, I talk a lot about strategy. And so even though in my programs and like if you were to hire me, I would also give you the same advice on strategy. A lot of my programs are either custom, like if it's coaching, obviously I would give very specific advice to what you're doing or my paid program is all about podcasting. So that is specific to podcast stuff. But what I do in my free information is I do talk about more of that conceptual mindset and stuff that if someone were to watch that, we were talking about the simple things earlier that, that are simple to us. If someone were watching that in a free video and they're like, well, I already know that, they would feel okay about it as opposed to watching something in paid content and then realizing, well, I already know that. What did I pay for this? Like, why am I in this program? Why did I make this investment? So if you have that, if you're looking at, let's say you have a few options, right? We talked earlier about 10 questions that people that you could potentially work with would have that question, then is it something that they absolutely need to know that's vital to the thing that you would teach them in a program? then you need to leave it in there. But if it's not, if it's more of a conceptual idea, or for me, I always default to what can save my audience time, money, their sanity, or something that's a really good story. That's another thing. I think people really underestimate the power of stories that you can share. Just like us, who knew today, like coming into this conversation, Aubrey, that we would both be talking about our uncles? Like <laughs> what in the world? Who would, like we didn't plan that out, but that is the power of being able to share stories and making these connections in your content. So you have to decide for yourself, is my content going to be entertaining? Is it going to be educational? Am I going to interview other experts? Is it going to be just something that makes people laugh and I share my quirkiness and my personality and then I lead them into my paid products? It's going to be different for everybody, but I think that you just have to start with what feels right for you and what feels like something that really aligns with your personality and how you want to show up. Mm-hmm. So, so true. Okay. I have one more question before we start to wrap things up because you, you put this on your, um, on your form before you filled it out. And I'm like, Ooh, I definitely got to make sure no matter what I ask for that question. So what content trends are you most excited about in 2022 with the way that like content marketing is like shifting and always ever evolving? Is there anything that you're really excited about to, to incorporate or just to see what happens with it? Yes. Oh my gosh. So this is funny. This really comes full circle back to what we were talking about earlier with branding and or really just pivoting and switching my brand. Cause I'm not like changing my business or doing anything like that, but I am slightly shifting to what people are asking me right now. And that is repurposing and batching. This is what I am obsessed with because people will come to me and say, how are you doing all the things that you're doing? Because Aubrey, I don't know if we talked about this. Uh, let me tell you how much content I produce. And then you're going to say, you're insane. <laughs> what are you doing? So on my regular show, I do two episodes a week. Then I have a daily podcast, which is five. It's Monday through Friday. It's five minutes or less. There's five episodes a week. I have a weekly email. I have three YouTube videos. And then that is on top of all of my social posts which I post on at least once a day on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. It's a please lot. Tell me, please content. tell me you hire people. <laughs> I don't. And I do all this. I do all the editing myself. I do oh my all this. goodness. So to say all of that, the reason why I do this 
it's batching and it's repurposing. So this is really the thing that people have been asking me about lately. They're like, how do you actually make this work? And I'm going to tell you all my secret, okay? So, because I want you all to use this in your own content, but I also want you to use this as you help your clients, okay? Because this will make everything so much easier. You have to spend more time planning than editing and publishing and thinking about things once they're finished. So for me, I spend roughly 75 to 80% of my time creating content in the planning stage. And I know that sounds crazy, but it is really where I sit down and I have, like I use Asana. This is my project management tool that I love and I cannot live without. I know there's other ones, but that's my favorite. And I will lay out everything to where it's like, okay, I'm going to plan this content one time and then I'm going to go create. So it's almost like I think about like a, like a sergeant or somebody like, like, okay, we're going to lay out the battle plan and then I'm going to give everybody their specific marching orders. That way it doesn't feel so overwhelming because what people will do is they wait until they have this perfectly polished podcast episode or YouTube video. It's out in the world. And then they say, huh, I wonder what else I can do with that. And it's so much harder to repurpose content that way. So my recommendation for anybody that's listening, and I know this is a more advanced strategy compared to what we were talking about earlier, just getting started, but repurposing and batching your content will make it less overwhelming and more doable over the long term of you building your business. So if you can offer those types of services, y'all, I'm telling you, if you can figure out how to really repurpose podcast episodes and show clients how they could take one piece of content and spin it into multiple YouTube videos or multiple reels or TikToks or all those different things, if you can show them in the planning process how that's possible, you got a gold mine of a business on your hands. I'm just telling y'all like secrets out. This is what I see being a really big boom in the content marketing space over the next, I mean, at least next 12 to 18 months is hiring people to help you in these processes. I I love that. That's such a, a gold tip right there is to plan it out first because you're so right. It's like to think about how am I actually going to repurpose this after the process? It's like when you actually when you know what that workflow is going to be, it will make it so much easier and seamless to get it out there. And that's what I've seen. I have um, one friend who's I'm in a mastermind with and this is she does something very similar and it is. It's all in that planning process. She knows what she's creating. She knows where it's going, how it's going there before she even goes to create the content. So such, such a good piece of information there. Well, Crystal, I have just, I've loved this conversation. I don't want it to end. Um, I just such, such a great conversation. I know my audience is going to love this too. And I know after hearing this, they're going to be like, I need to go connect with her and, you know, binge all of her stuff that she has. So please tell my audience where they can learn more about what you do and all the stuff that you have out there for us. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is this is so awesome. Like I said, I'm going to be sending all the people that are like, I want to start a freelance business. I'm going to be like, I don't know what to do. Go go listen to Aubrey. She's got all the answers. <laughs> but yes, you can connect with me. You can go to my website at crystalprofit.com. Crystal with a K. Profit has two Fs and two Ts. And on there, you're going to find links to 
my podcast. I have the Profit Podcast, which is my last name. And then my YouTube channel is just Crystal Profit. And there is a lot of content right now, speaking of repurposing and batching, all those things. I'm really sharing a lot of this information. So, and I don't have any products or programs centered around what I'm putting out right now. So if you want to see like, what are some examples of free versus paid content, all the information I'm sharing right at this moment is there's no call to action other than go subscribe to the channel or follow me or maybe get on my email list. So if you're looking for those types of examples, then come hang out with us. I would and tell, say, I found you from Aubrey's podcast and I'm a <laughs> freelancer and I'm going to start learning batching and repurposing because you told me to. I love it. I love it. I was just um, going through your podcast before we pressed record here and I was like, there is just a ton of gold there too. So that's just such a wealth of knowledge. And I appreciate all of the stuff that you put out there um, to help people along the way. So thank you so much for being so generous with your time and with your information. And I just know my audience is going to love this so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic. And I always love geeking out on content creation. So thank you. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.